0: This message today is one of those messages as a minister that just spoke to me from the original thought all through study. And I will tell you, I seldom make remarks like this, but this is one of those messages. I I trust I can deliver it the way the Spirit of the Lord has prompted me to, that I trust you never forget. I think it is one of the most important messages that I have ever preached in my life. Because it's something we've got to remind ourselves of every single day and in every situation. The title I'm going to give to this message is simply unnatural. We talk about the natural quite a bit. We operate in the natural quite a bit. But what is it to be unnatural? As soon as I say that, some are given to the media form of it, and we think of zombies, and we think of other things that is portrayed by Hollywood. But there is a spiritual sense and meaning to being unnatural. By definition, it means to be at variance with the character or the nature of a person. Say that again. Is to be at variance, to be opposed to the character or the nature of a person. To be unnatural is to be at variance with the natural. In other words, it is to be at variance to what is expected. We are very human. We have DNA, we have bents, we've done the studies, we have done our psychological profiling, we know our temperaments. All these things are given to us at birth, and we operate in them. We learn them early on, we hone in all of those, we become very skilled at those. Many of our career paths follow that which is natural. The military learned this before anybody else of some people don't work well with others. We need to team people up that can be a unit, that can be cohesive, that can work together. We've probably all can witness, we've had occupations, jobs where we were teamed up with somebody that we just couldn't stand. And they drive us crazy. And then you meet those people that just, it's just so natural. Feel like I've known them all my life. So we understand the power of the natural and where it can, can be our friend. But at the same time, we don't necessarily appreciate what's offered to us, that which is unnatural. Because if our whole life is lived out by that which we expect, our expectations may not be that great. And we fall short of the plans that God has for us. If we operate strictly in experiential of that which we're expecting, if we've been beat up enough in life, many of us find ourselves running and cocooning, and we don't expect much good to happen anymore. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So again, to be at variance to that which is normal. Is God calling us to be unnatural? We find a story in the Bible found in John, the third chapter. And we find John the Baptist, the baptizer. And by the time we find out who he is and what his ministry is, we find that he has a following. And in that, there are people coming with regularity to him, bringing other people to be baptized of John. He's the baptizer. He's strange. He doesn't wear designer clothes. He doesn't have the diet everybody else has. He's very unnatural. And one day we see Jesus coming as well to be baptized of John. Shortly after Jesus is baptized of John, we find that Jesus is also baptizing. And what we find naturally there is what we would expect. The disciples of John are not happy that Jesus has set up camp on the other side of the water. And what's really bothering them is, and the way the Bible words it, and they're all going to him. In the natural, John was seen as superior to Jesus. Jesus came to him. And now there's an unnatural scene where now Jesus has everybody coming to him. And John makes this incredible statement that we'll use as our text today found in John 3 and verse 30 and as his disciples come to him John says I must decrease that he may increase Amen. Wow that wasn't just for John that is for all of us Jesus wants to increase in all of our lives But he has a hard time fitting in any space left, because we're filled with self. And the only way that he can increase in our life is for us to decrease. Because there's only so much space. Oh, I know many of us are pretty good hoarders. And we'll take 1,100 square feet of living space and we'll cram 4,000 square feet of living space and you know who you are. In the natural order, we've built a monument. In the natural order, this monument, you'll see it in just a moment, is a pyramid. I wonder how often our vocabulary includes these words. I, me, mine, myself. My mother was a lot of fun. And and my sister's laughing right now, she knew where he was going. And she never did it, I don't believe in a selfish way, but just to have fun and just to be aggravating to us kids or even the passerby really she would come up and something she enjoyed, she would say, mine, mine, mine. (laughs) On a lot of the things that she's passed down to us, we can find where Jean wrote on there, mine, mine, mine. But then she would put one of our kids' names because one of these days I'm gonna be gone, then you can have it. But right now it's mine, 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 mine. My mother's not alone, is she? This, Is the monument of our culture and we bow at its shrine. We live there because it's all about us. It's all about me. I want this. I don't want that. I'm going to do this. I did it myself. Ever use that statement? We're in a season now known as Lent. And many that practice Lent know it's a season where they are preparing for Easter, for Passover, for this season. To be reminded of the passion of Christ. And so in Lent, individuals find themselves sacrificing, giving something up. I think as I looked at it more lately that people are trying to give up different things on different days to involve more things. And I trust that many of them are very sincere in that, that uh, instead of just giving up one thing that, and and we know the human nature is, I'll give up something I really don't like anyhow, just to say I gave something up. (laughs) But for those who are sincere in it, it's if I I give up this for a week or I give up 30 things one day uh, each, uh, I'm trying to look at all areas of my life regardless it's a season where it is teaching something positive, and that is, what is it in my life that maybe is too important? In this season of of of, of giving things up, we're reminded of just how selfish we are. It is suggested, highly suggested in our culture, and actually it is esteemed and promoted. If you just ever sit down in front of your monitor, your iPhone, your television set, and just sit back as a student for a moment and just critique what's being advertised in the sitcom, in the commercial, you'll see that it just keeps bombarding us with a message that we are to be selfish. You deserve a break today. Well, who said you deserve a break today? I did. I like that. I could go on with example after example, but even the Bible tells us the nature of fallen man is to be selfish. From the very beginning of this thing in a garden called Eden, the serpent comes to God's choicest creation. And what does he tempt with? To be selfish. You can be like God. Man, that sounds good. I'd like to be like God. He sure gets a lot of credit. He's powerful. I'd like to be like God. And in that, of course, the more you entertain it, the more you can say, oh, I'm equal to this God. And of course, it's never satisfied there. I can be greater than this God, I'm evolving. You see, we we can mock Adam and Eve as we call them, and yet we're still struggling because in the same holy book that we're given, not just in the beginning, but at the very end, what is it that the Scriptures tell us in the latter times people will be bombarded with? And as Paul was writing to Timothy, he said in the latter times, perilous times shall come. Do we live in a time of peril? The very first thing listed is people will be lovers of themselves. To me, all the other things fall naturally behind that order. That is what causes all the other things. To be high-minded. To love entertainment more than God. So it's constantly before us. And what comes natural to us is what John made us aware of. We naturally want to increase don't we if we have this house we want a larger house if we have this car we want two of them if we receive this promotion and we know there are still advancements in that business we want to climb the ladder it comes natural to us are you still with me and again the natural order isn't evil in itself but what it fuels it when we allow ourselves to become selfish, wholly selfish. You see, we understand promotion itself. God says, I'll give the promotion. But what are we going to do once he gives us the promotion? Are we going to bow again to this monument? It's something that we battle. We naturally want to increase. John says, I must decrease. This is what's to happen. He is to increase. And it wasn't just that John was the forerunner, it is a message to all of us. So here's where I want to go to be unnatural. Another expression to be unnatural is to be supernatural. And we love that expression as well, don't we? Where does our mind go as soon as we hear supernatural? And among followers, believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can find ourselves saying, that is what I love the most. And yet, you hear me today as a pastor, as a watchman. To be supernatural, God ordains. But to be supernatural doesn't mean you have to be weird. (laughs) By definition, The most basic definition of supernatural is something very simple. It says, of, pertaining to, or being above what is natural. That's it. To be supernatural isn't weird. It's just that which is of, pertaining to, or being above what is natural. In other words, our thinking can be elevated beyond natural, to a supernatural realm. Jesus taught this himself. Set your affections upon things which are above. You see, that's being supernatural. Man, I love this. By just doing what is natural doesn't mean the outcome is gonna be great. I shared that with somebody this morning as they were telling about somebody else that they dearly love but are in air and what, the way they're living right now, but naturally it sounds okay. When somebody irritates you to a point that you just want to spit on them, that comes natural. When somebody hauls off and hits you, Right in the right cheek. The most natural thing to do is find one of their cheeks. (laughs) You can go wherever you want to with that. (laughs) But to be supernatural is to turn the other cheek. Wow, what a message. When you have helped somebody and you have gone an entire mile with them, the most natural thing is to go to them and say, hey, can you say thank you? You can reciprocate. You can tell me how wonderful I am. To be supernatural is to say, Okay, I see you still need some more help, I'll go the second mile. Naturally, we like to think we're pretty good people. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about me. (laughs) And when somebody wrongs us, we just think we're grand and fabulous, that we're capable of forgiving somebody once. To be supernatural is to forgive them 70 times seven. And in just in case you're doing the math and you're one of those people that keep record of everything. And this, peop- this person is irritating you so much. You're like, wow, they're about 479 right now. By midnight, they're going to run over that limit and then I'm going to tell them off. until you read a little closer and it's 70 times seven every single day. Oh man, I got to start all over again. All these things are being supernatural That which is above normal to be unnatural is to be at variance with that which is natural and that which is expected. You never look more like your Jesus than when you're forgiving and when you're loving And when you turn a deaf ear to something that, oh, your mind is screaming just to blast back at them. The only way to do it is to decrease. That he can increase. I wonder how many Pentecostals we got in the house. That we claim to have the Spirit of God. And to be filled with the Spirit of God to have rivers of living water flowing through us and out of us. That isn't natural. He's teaching us the supernatural. He's teaching us his ways. I want to take you to a simple story that's there in John chapter 3, the first 16 verses. We all know the 16th verse by heart, for God so loved the world. But you'll find all of chapter three is about a man who comes to Jesus. His name, you probably have heard it, is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, with just a little bit of study, you'll find out beyond just what we normally know of him. He is a Pharisee. Jesus calls him a teacher of Israel. He's a senator. He has influence. But in this case, it may not be like a U.S. senator like we're normalized with. We understand to serve Israel, he is a student of the law, the law of God, the Torah. He knows it well. He knows all the promises. He knows the prophecies. And here we find Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night. And he wants to know about the kingdom. Because you see, it isn't foreign to him. Naturally, he desires the kingdom. But he only knows how to receive the kingdom naturally. And that is through pedigree, through position. I am earning my way up. I've been blessed to be born in the home, the lineage, but I've done my due diligence as well to be esteemed to the level I am. I want to know about the kingdom. I want to know more about the messianic kingdom. I want to be a part of the messianic kingdom. So obviously, Jesus, we all have been talking, and we understand that you're quite the teacher. And the signs that are following you gives us witness. There's something special about you. It's all about the kingdom. It's still about the kingdom. And Jesus says something to him that he didn't expect. It was like he was speaking in a different language, waiting for the interpretation. He said the kingdom can only be seen and entered to by spirit, by water and spirit. Wow. And he makes this expression, you must be Fill it in, what? Born again. Born of water, born of spirit. You see, what Nicodemus was doing was, came natural. I'm checking all the boxes. This is what I'm to do if I'm going to be a part of that Messianic kingdom. And yet, there's something different about you, Jesus. And now you're telling me I must be born again? We, we mock him. Because again, we, we forget of his intelligence enough, his education to come. Can a man go back into his mother's womb? Because again, all he knew, listen to this message, was the natural way. Jesus was offering the supernatural way, the unnatural way. That's the only way. That's why it still baffles the world. When we act in the supernatural, not being weird. Just thought I'd throw that in again, just in case you missed it before. (laughs) Greater is he that is in us than this world that we face, this world that's in severe trouble. We find ourselves just operating in the natural and excusing our natural ways. Well, you know how I am. Well, you know how all of us and whatever your surname is, so that's what we all do. But something's got to break the yoke. Something's got to break the chain. We've sung about it today. It only comes to the supernatural. That which is unnatural to this world. What does it look like to be born again? You see, the kingdom is counter cultural. We know that, but it's also counterintuitive. To be counterintuitive by a definition, you notice I've really majored on these definitions, to counter to what intuition would lead one to expect. Again, our intuition many times tells us, I think this is going to happen. I expect that to happen. You know, I'm a pretty good judge of character. And I know what that person's up to. And our intuition leads us and guides us in many things and assists us and help us and people come along and they'll use expression, boy, you're street smart. But the kingdom says we have to understand being counterintuitive. How many knows you'll get in your own way at times? This means yes. How many times have we been in spiritual warfare and we go back to the natural weapons? I think scripture bears something out about that. Our weapons aren't natural. They're supernatural. God gives those to us. Cast down imagination. You're not gonna do that with an AR. You're gonna do that through supernatural, unnatural weaponry that comes through kingdom thinking. To be counterintuitive. Jesus would teach us these things, just like the Beatitudes. They're all counterintuitive, aren't they? And here, can you imagine again that great setting on that mount and thousands of people waiting? They've heard, this This is, this is the guy that took the baptizer's place. Now we get our opportunity to go hear him. What's he going to say? <sighs> What? what did he say? What? He wants, what? Simple things that he's teaching. We want to be made whole. The only way to be made whole is to be broken. What? That's counterintuitive. We want to fix ourselves. We don't ever want to be broken. We protect ourselves so that we won't be broken. Whoo, come on, somebody. We get very defensive. I'm not going to put myself out there again. I got burned last time. I was married once, and I I know this gal's a great gal, but I don't know. I don't think I can ever trust another woman. And all men are pigs. I don't trust another one of those. Come on, you know who you are. Let's get real with this thing. Well, I had a male employer once. I'm not going to trust another one. Oh, you can't trust a woman. You see, this is the natural that we wrestle against. To be broken, to be made whole, makes no sense in the natural. I don't wanna be broken. I don't wanna be hurt. I don't wanna be crushed. But again, the Spirit of the Lord says "Yeah, we may be pressed on every side, but we will not be crushed. To the natural, you see, yes to get to that place of vulnerability. God, this is beyond my pedigree. This is beyond my education. This is beyond my experience. This is beyond my own self-reliance. This is beyond my own strength. But Lord, I'm gonna trust in you right now, and I'm gonna dial into that which your spirit will give to me. And so I've done everything I know to do, so I'm just gonna stand. It's unnatural. Because you either wanna run or you wanna fight. But to stand, why are you standing there? Because I've come to the end of myself and there's still more to do. So now it's up to my God. The only way to be happy is to mourn. What? That's counterintuitive, it makes no sense. I just wanna be happy all the time. Happy, 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 happy. (laughs) To where you're weird. I know this message is going to go out, but I can't, I can't One of the funniest times with that, I was a youth pastor in Monroe and one young man who's now pastoring a church uh, among all the other students on the bus, we had gone to the PTL club. And we were gonna watch the passion play that they had out in an amphitheater and you had to wait till dark so they could highlight with the lights. Here we had waited, we had drove extra miles to get to Charlotte. We are there three hours earlier and just about the time it get dark and they're turning on the first bank of lights. I mean, the bottom fell out and it was raining cats and dogs. And I didn't think I could bring them back the next day. We had to get back to Georgia. So it looked like it was all lost at that time. And here we get back to our bus and we are soaking wet, miserable, unhappy, disappointed, you can imagine. And one of the ladies on the bus who now her son is pastoring a church as well. She just gets up and she speaks something unnatural. She said, well, it happened for a purpose. No one wanted to hear that message right then. (laughs) Especially the young man that uh, is pastoring the first church, I referenced. he mocked, he it happened for a purpose. <laughs> you know that young man. And as I was going through this, I thought, oh my gosh, that's where we are so many times. When somebody takes a stand and says, wait a minute, God's not finished yet. This story is not over yet. I'm born again. I'm born of spirit. I'm not of this world any longer. The first self died out. There's a new living creation just passing through. This world's not my home. I'm just a pilgrim and a sojourner and an alien passing through. There's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. And my my Lord Jesus has gone before me and he's preparing a place for me and got my name on it. And it says mine, 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 mine. And I'm gonna get discouraged in this old world and I'm gonna get disappointed. I'm gonna get stabbed in the back. I'm gonna be maligned. I'm gonna be prejudged and misjudged and misunderstood. But along the way, as long as I've got him residing in me and be reminding of myself, I'm gonna do what doesn't come natural right now. I'm just gonna praise the Lord. I'm gonna give him praise for what's going right now. The only way to be exalted is to humble yourself man it's one thing to be humbled isn't it it's another thing to humble yourself wow I mean that's when you're talking to yourself again right I've done a lot of that lately talking to you and that's when you turn to self and say self just sit down no you're not gonna no you stay right there let that person go first self you just stay right there and self is sitting over there like this It's like the little girl or mother got tired of her just running around, just grabbing everything, and she made her sit down. The little girl just fold her arms. She said, Have you learned anything? She said, Yep. I may be sitting here, but on the inside, I'm running, 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 running. <laughs> the only way to be filled is to be empty. Counterintuitive. The only way that I will ever know real strength is for me to admit that I'm weak. Wow. All of these are counterintuitive. I'm going to finish with this. I could go all day, I'm telling you. But what did Jesus start off with? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. The poor in spirit simply come up to any situation in the kingdom and say, I'm broke. I'm bankrupt. You see, see, it's one thing, those of us who got a little age on us now, and we've paid our dues naturally. And we no longer are living paycheck to paycheck. Come on, somebody. Oh, we're not going to tell everybody that we can just make it forever, but we know we can handle a rainy day now. We've got our slush fund, we've got our emergency fund, don't we, Pastor Jason? We've done what we're supposed to do. I can survive this for a while. And we find ourselves, if we're not careful, once again becoming self reliant. Who do you think helped you build that emergency fund? Come on, somebody. Who do you think blessed you with health that you could show up for work? Who do you think protected you from a virus, from a sickness? from an injury that you couldn't recover from. Come on, somebody. Oh, man, we battle being selfish. We battle, I me, mine, myself. We struggle because it comes so natural. Until we learn to be super natural, unnatural, poor in spirit. Silver and gold I don't have, but that which I have, it's more than enough, because it comes from El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh, he is the Lord God who provides. I trust in him. He is my healer, he's the one that heals my body, that restores my mind. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is, there it is, Nicodemus, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Would you stand with me today?